Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Russell. And I'm Timothy Plain. We are both independent filmmakers whose short films have over 250 hits online. 250,000 hits 250 on- hits? That's it? 250,000 hits online. <laughs> and we have played at film festivals around the world, and we are both struggling to make our first feature film. Each week, we discuss filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not as experts, but as two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. Welcome to 2017, everybody. Here we are, January 2017. 2017, and that's my terrible intro I wrote. That's not nearly as good as Timothy's new intro. Um, what were you? Yeah, what did you change? The 250,000 is very specific. Uh, yeah, over 250,000 hits. I don't know. Yeah, over. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just, I guess that sentence is the new part. Everything else was about the same. <laughs> but, uh, you know. We th- should just wing it every week and just I th- change it. I think winging it's good. It, it, it's funny. It kind of sounded a little bit of like the part of the pitch I do for uh, my my movie. You know, that's kind of how I start with a quick sentence, you know, about, oh, 150,000 hits online, whatever, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Is anybody impressed with the 150,000 hits? Uh, yeah, they, they, I get I get this. Mm. Smiles oh, like ra- yeah. raised eyebrows. Raised eyebrows. Like, oh, yeah, impressed pretty smiles. Good, like, pretty oh, good. Yeah, surprising. Oh. Yeah, like that kind of thing. But no, no one like shitting their pants. Um, I told you right before we started recording that I was excited this yeah, morning. Uh, I got another request last night for my script. Ooh. So that's three requests out of eight feedbacks so far. Yeah. So that's not bad. I mean, that's pretty good. It's not bad. That's like almost fifty percent, right? Yeah. Well, last time we talked, it was 50%, but since then you've done a few more pitches, oh. right? Oh, yeah. Jeez. I, I guess everyone's been left out of the loop of all my depressing um, feedback, uh, which actually I think they won't be left out of the loop. By the time that they, they hear the episode we're going to we're gonna do, I think you'll post all the feedback or you would have, have posted all the feedback that I've gotten so people can see. Right. You know, At the time of recording episode 81, I think you had gotten feedback from four people. Yeah. But yeah. now you have all eight. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I have two more I'm waiting on. So I've got I've got two more to hear back from, but I've heard of eight so far. And uh, yeah, so basically, what, five, five rejections and three, uh, you know, passes. Right. Or well, that's the other way around. Three requests, five passes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah. So I don't know. So pretty cool. And, and he requested to see Strange Thing too. And that's the first time um, someone's mentioned wanting to see my uh, short films. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess they don't really know that much about me besides my name. So I mean, they could probably just type Albert Purcell into Google and find Strange Thing pretty easily. Um, but well, who has time for that? Yeah, I don't know. They're busy people. But uh it was interesting because it was one of those situations. It was one of my pitches over the weekend that I got um, the request from, and uh, it it went it was like went really well. It was like one of the best uh, ones, basically. And uh, he said that he loved it and everything. Everything, and I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe he doesn't love it enough to to request it. But then he but then he did. So I feel like people are generally honest. Like if they tell you they're going to do something, they generally will do it. You know, <laughs> um, but it's hard. You're not like just trying to get you off the phone. No. Yeah, 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 I'll request it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well some people, you know, I feel like are pleasers, right? Like some people just like to make people happy. And so I think sometimes people, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I've never had it happen in this context, but I think sometimes people just say what you want to hear and then they don't ne- necessarily deliver. I've had that happen before in other situations. So, you know, um, but yeah, but it was exciting. Um, I also watched a lot of movies this weekend in this last week. So that was exciting. What, what, what What's up with you? Um, I saw La La Land, but by the time this comes out, it'll already be like three or four weeks old, but it was amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. Am- amazing. Wow. I loved it. I loved it. It's like it made my top, my list of top films of all time. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, Whiplash was really good, so there's no reason why this wouldn't be good too. But um, man, that's that's awesome. Well, I'll have to go see it. That's uh, that'll be on top on my list now. Um, I saw The Arrival. I wouldn't say it's one of my top movies of all time, but I definitely <laughs> liked it. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. It's um, it kind of falls off the rails for me after uh, they figure out why the aliens are there. Oh, really? Yeah, the whole like explanation of about time travel and like you can time travel when you learn a new language was kind of like what? Oh, I don't know. Uh, okay, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. Huh? You just and not the whole believe ending, her. emotional ending just didn't work for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, did you know that you didn't know the twist already? Did you? You could. I mean, no, I no, I didn't. I thought that worked really well for me. I thought that's funny for because like you're an emotional guy. I thought that you'd really dig that emotional twist ending thing. Oh, I liked the the, the attempt at it, but it didn't work. Huh? For you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, I think it worked for a lot of people. A lot of people really love that movie, and I mean, I I think I'm definitely in the percentage of people who liked it, but I, I don't think I'm in the percentage that like you know, shat their pants over it. But I got to go to the movies more, man. I love it so much. I, I, I went twice this last week and I'm like, geez, I, I, the, the movie, I hadn't seen a movie in the theater before that since like Dr. Strange, you know, and that was cool, but it wasn't as good of an experience for me as seeing the arrival or even, you know, Rogue One. And Rogue One was fun. Did you see that? No, I didn't. And I, it's, it's at the bottom of my list of movies to see. So I'm not sure I'll even see oh, it in the theater. You got to see it in the theater, man. It, it, it's not, I yeah, mean, it's so I much more worth it's your like, time, I think. I just feel like we're, we're constantly complaining about Hollywood making, doing remakes and sequels. And then we go out and everyone goes and sees the new Marvel, Marvel movie or the new Star Wars movie. It's like, all we're doing is feeding that system the things that we're trying to fight against. So it's like, <laughs> so you're boycotting on, it. on my list is like, okay, I want to go see La La Land. I want to see Manchester by the Sea. I want to see the new Paul Verhoeven movie. It's like, these are the movies we should be supporting first. And then at the end of that list should be like the movies that are like the expected box office successes. What's but yeah. the new Bob Paul Verhoeven movie? It's called L. Oh yeah. And my coworker was describing it to me yesterday and he just like started, he just said like a few things. I was like, all right, just stop, stop. I'm in. I'll see it. It sounds awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah well, my wife and I are huge Paul Verhoeven fans, um, but mostly for his, you know, RoboCop and Total Recall and, um, you know, Starship Troopers, those movies that he made that are like so important to like the nerd sci-fi geek culture. But I know he does a lot of other stuff that's not not in that same line. So I don't know. But he's also made some really bad, not, not, I wouldn't say bad movies. I mean, Showgirls is obviously a bad movie, but, um, <laughs> but like, uh, what was the other one that he did? Uh, the one with Kevin Bacon, um, Hollow Man. That, that one was, was yeah, just like, right. it wasn't that good of a movie, you know? But anyways, 
Uh, should we? Is there anything you want to talk about of import this week? Any well, struggles? You have down here. You wanted to revisit the the conversation about breaking in. This is this will be like the third time that we uh, yeah. revisited it. Um, we were having a Facebook conversation with Alex Kellerman about it. He had some beef with us about us talking about the break in, and so you wanted to talk about it. But it was like let's. let's Let's just call Alex and have him talk to us right. for 10 to 15 minutes. Right. So what I want to do is the first ever listener call in on making movies is hard. Yeah, let's do it. Let's see if the let's see if we can even make it work. Okay. Yeah. This might totally fail. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious to hear to hear Alex vocalize his uh, his emotions <laughs> with his words, not with just with his text. Yeah. Oh, it's exciting. We should put like a ring in. Ring, you know, I'm, su- I'm surprised it doesn't ring at all. Hey, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> You're on the air with Making Movies is Hard. Okay, let's, we have to go through our Facebook conversation in person. So you said, <laughs> oh, okay. okay, so a few few weeks ago we had... Wait, first of all, Alric, this is the first time I've like met you in not person exactly, but yeah. you know, live, live time. I feel like I already know you though, dude, because I watched your I videos know, know. and uh, yeah, we've emailed and I've seen your face. It's like, ah, yeah, I know this guy. Yeah, obviously I feel connected to you guys. I listen to you every Monday. Yeah. it's, it's Alex is probably one of the first listeners of the show. Not just first listener. I'm pretty sure I was the first person to uh, leave a review on iTunes. Yeah. Well, I remember. Yeah, that makes sense. You started posting us on Facebook, and I remember every week for a while you were like get, writing a post about us on Facebook, and we were like, "Oh, that's so sweet! We got our weekly post guy." And <sighs> yeah. then you stopped doing that, and I was like, "Oh, that's okay. Well, you still listen, so it's cool, you know." I do still listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a few weeks ago we had Robin Schmidt on, and he was talking about breaking in, and we were telling him like. Dude, you've already broken in. Like you, you have this commercial career. You've made a feature film, blah blah blah. Right? Alex says no. That's not breaking in. He, you think that there's a very distinct meaning to break in. And before we, before we hear your point of view, I think we should probably just all decide like what the break in means because <laughs> I feel like what's been happening is I think all and are using the break in almost as the the same as success right Right. it's not success i think your your point is is that the break-in is like a very specific thing so right now we're going to talk about the break-in in context of like what traditionally means which is (laughs) what do you think alex what what do you think the break-in is i mean i think when people say breaking in they're talking about the hollywood studio system is basically the point that i was making to you on facebook um you know, when when people are talking about moving to the United States from another country to break in to the business, mm-hmm. they're talking about getting their movies in theaters and, you know, shows on TV. Right. At least I presume. <laughs> right. But you're saying that basically, like, the break-in is real. That, like, you can, there is a point where you go from zero to 60. Is, is that what you're saying? Correct. Yeah, no, I didn't take issue with you saying that that guy had broken in. He had broken in, in a manner of speaking. Just um, not in but Hollywood. There've been a, right, there have been a couple of episodes where you guys have said that, like, breaking in is a myth. And that, I take issue with. <laughs> well, okay, tell us why. Let's hear why. Um, Let's hear why, and then, and, okay. then, and then we'll fight with you. <laughs> so, my perspective comes from that of the, uh, I assist to film producers. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and every time they go into pre-production on a film, before they talk to anybody about it, they have a script, they want to package it with people, they just create, like, basically a wish list of major actors or major directors that they want to make the film. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually what packaging begins with, one of those two. And um, these people don't have to solicit themselves to get on this list. These are people who have either been in or made a film in the last two years that my producers liked um, that could have been in the theater or it could have been, um, you know, an agent that they know sent them a short film that this guy made and they told them that they're huge and they really like the short film. So they're also on that list. Mm. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do the filmmakers and actors on this list know that they're on this list? No. Okay, so is it possible that somebody has broken in and they don't even know that they've broken in? It's possible. <laughs> it is possible. I suppose it, in this regard, it is possible. Right. Like the somebody could have making... seen my movie and been adding me to list for like a year. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't that's true. Know. You'd probably have gotten a phone call by now. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> them wanting to like maybe. do at least a general meeting or something, you know? Yeah, I wonder how that works because I wonder how many people have been on these lists and then never never get picked for various projects for various reasons and then they don't even know about it, you know. But you're probably right. It's probably like, oh, my friend's an agent or my friend knows an agent. I'll pass your movie to him, and then they know that that agent has their their stuff, and then and then that's where it ends, you know. And then maybe well, they yeah, get a call. well the agent's not passing on anything unless you're their client. Yeah, it's not like if you have a friend who has an agent, you can get them. That's not going to happen. That agent will either sign you based on your work and promote you mm-hmm. or they won't which, do either. Which is what happened to a listener of ours. What was that guy's name? Timothy, do you remember? Um, what, Kyle McCauley? Kyle McCauley, yeah. Like he had a friend who uh, was a brother to an agent or something like that. And then he got a meeting, he got signed, and that became his agent. So Absolutely, yeah. No, you can definitely meet agents and managers through friends of a friend. That's how I met the the manager that I'm talking to right now. So Yeah. Okay, so it, it can start very small. Your your definition of breaking in then is that you are considered for jobs within the studio system. Correct. Okay, so if you get an agent that's not breaking in until you start getting considered for those jobs. Correct. Hmm, interesting. Get, getting an agent is, you know, that's maybe the first threshold to breaking in. But uh-huh. when people say breaking in, again, I don't think they're referring to having an agent. Well, <laughs> I think they're talking about a little more than that. Well, Let's me, talk about Damien, to Damien Chazelle for a second. He uh, okay. made a movie that won Sundance. Mm-hmm. At what point do you think that he broke in? It's a good question. Because uh, for me, I, mean, I would be like, dude, you won Sundance. You broke in. You made it. Or yeah. You, you know? That's probably accurate. Not just by virtue of winning Sundance, but by virtue of what winning Sundance actually means for his career. He, that, that, the timeline is probably hazy in the moment, but I'll bet 20 years from now, if, he has a, if he's had a career that started at that point, he would say, that was my breaking point. Right. Wait. Maybe, or maybe he would say it was some other point. Like, yeah, maybe. Maybe he maybe he won't get any work or calls or anything for two years and won't feel like very much of an accomplishment. <laughs> I think that's part of our speaking, point, though. That's Sundance part of our point is that there's no like distinct to. line where you like cross that line. And you might make it on lists for a little bit, but then if your name doesn't keep going on those lists, does that mean that you've fallen out or you've, you're still, you're always in? Once you're in, you're always in? Or can you fall back out? You could probably fall back out, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> there is an Hollywood adage that once you're once you're once you've made it, you've made it. I mean, that that is like a real thing. And you know, yeah. it's like you often give the example of. Uh, Steven Spielberg having yes. difficulty making Lincoln. Yep, mm-hmm. um, that's my favorite. Which is a good example. It's a good example of how the struggle never ends, even after you've broken in. Mm-hmm. But Steven Spielberg's struggles making Lincoln are very different than our struggles making our films. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Steven Spielberg is like trying to figure out how to work around Daniel Day Lewis's schedule. Uh, that's not really the same thing as <laughs> us trying to scrounge together twenty thousand dollars to make a short film. Well, he- here's here's what I want to say because okay, so I shot a um, a famous musician over the weekend, and he was talking about like life before he wrote the song and life after he wrote the song, and how like that was a clear distinction for him. Like he basically after that song was done, he became a rock star, right? Um, what I'm, what I think we're trying to say is that doesn't necessarily exist for filmmakers. Like, you know, there's not like, oh, I made this movie and now I'm a huge star. You know, that's what we're trying to but say. But there is. See that you're arguing <laughs> that there is. And maybe I think I should clarify and say that, you know, not everyone can be that rock star. Not everyone can have that movie that is so big that it just takes them from zero to 60. So I think for a lot of us, for most of us, in fact, that there is no breaking in, that it's just going to be a grind until you finally get recognition and you're finally getting, you know, able to make a movie, able to raise a budget, whatever. But like this break in thing isn't really real for most people. I mean, what's that filmmaker's name? The guy who, uh, who did Birdman and, uh, the whatever, uh, Alejandro. Yes. Uh, yeah. So he'd been making movies for years and years and years, but like no one knew who he was until he made what Bir- Birdman, right? That was his first big one. Um, so that I mean, I think that's more my sure. point is that like you you can be a filmmaker like that, like struggling to make your movies and making your films, and then you just make the one film that has like humongous social relevance, uh, you know, social relevance. relevance yeah. Thank you, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and then boom. But I mean, he could have never made Birdman, you know. And there's probably hundreds of filmmakers like him who are just making his movies or their movies and then never get that break in. Yeah. Well, I'll take your point one step further. I guess it's that there, maybe there is a a break in point if you are really defining it as like all of a sudden you have all this recognition, you might be up for an Academy award and you are getting considered for studio jobs. And some directors that get to that point may not even choose to go the studio route and just avoid it altogether. Um, if you give if you give that definition to the break in, it's like yeah, all right, there is a place where you can break in, but maybe that's not the point. And that you right. could be a filmmaker that chooses not to go after the opportunity after you've broken in. Like um, Shane Carruth, we brought up a few times, seems to be working outside the system, and I'm sure he's had opportunities to work inside the system. So he's he's broken in, but he's choosing choosing to take a different path. Or Robert right. Rodriguez did similar things, and I think about like Jim Jarmusch, who's had like a great career as an independent filmmaker, and he may have never hit. He might be a filmmaker that didn't have opportunities inside the studio system there that that's definitely possible but that doesn't mean that you're a failure so even if you don't break in does it i guess it means you're not a failure and i think we've yeah. been fighting against against that yeah no 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 first of all uh by my quote-unquote definition of breaking in you're right Auric. breaking in will elude 90 percent of filmmakers right uh, i'm talking you know i'm just saying that 
Yeah, I feel like you guys are crushing dreams when you say that there's no breaking in. It's true. It's true. Oh, that we're the trying to keep the dream alive. End. Yeah, we're no trying matter to do how the big you get, the struggle to make a film will always be there. You will always have adversity and things that you have to deal with, and like the marketplace is always changing and those sorts of things. But Ben Affleck does not have to worry about whether or not he'll ever have to be able to make a movie again. Right. He 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 doesn't that's what he does that's what he will do until he gets too old to do it right which in um, his case pro- will maybe never happen because he's a director so he could be directing movies into his 80s if he wanted to sure. you know sure now i will say you know you can take the words breaking in and use the and apply them to all kinds of different things you can break into the independent film world you can break into the commercial world timothy i'd say you've broken into the commercial world thank you Alric, i'd say you've broken you. into the um, you know, Bay community, <laughs> f- you know, yeah. film, Bay Area film uh, community, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but, but when you're talking to someone in Germany who says, "I want to move to America to break in," huh. I think they're talking about getting to that Ben Affleck status, that, right. that Steven right. Spielberg status. And you're right; that won't happen for everybody. And Timothy, you're also right that it not happening. Not breaking in in that way doesn't mean that you can't have success and make a lot of money and be able to do what you want to do. Right. And I guess what yeah. I'm saying, well, also, I think... But, it, but breaking it does exist is my only yeah. point. I mean, right. it happens to, like, yeah, it, it exists like the rock star thing exists or, like, the, uh, you know, getting famous thing exists. But I think it, as a filmmaker, you shouldn't be, like, making your short film saying, like, oh, my God, this movie is going to get a million hits online and I'm going to break into the industry with this short film. You should be thinking, how is this movie going to resonate with my audience and how am I telling my story the best possible way that I can, you know? And the fact that you're even making it means that you've broken into something, that you've broken (laughs) into the filmmaking community, like you're making films. And so therefore you have broken in. Maybe not in the traditional sense, but like I think our point is like, don't focus on the break in because you really have no control over that. And it's not it's not a guarantee that your career is going to be amazing and great because there's plenty of filmmakers that have broken in that failed once they broke. Right. There's no ticket to easy street. That's that's for sure. (laughs) I like that. No matter who you are, I I would say. I think there's merit to both ways of looking at it, though. I think that there is merit to making something with the intention of using it to break in. Mm. Um, But I think it's important to keep expectations realistic as well. And if you're making a movie with, you know, less than a million dollars or like without, uh, uh, you know, a star or something like that. You should probably curb your expectations for how far that short film will get you. Right. Right. Well, you know, I, I, there was a point in my life, like uh, way before I made Strange Thing, where I was like writing, writing short films. I was trying to build up to making my first short film. And then I had written one that was like kind of pulpy and fun that I like really resonated with me. And then I was like, wait, no, like that's not going to do well at Sundance. That's not going to do well at film festivals. Like I got to make something that's like poignant and blah, 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 heartfelt. And I wrote this thing and it was just like, this isn't me. This is not me. <laughs> this is just not... Right. Well, if you're not inspired to tell that kind of story, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's important for people to step outside of their comfort zone and make things that challenge them. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you have to realize you're not an expert at the things that you don't practice a lot, right? Well, one more quick story. This is a really fun one. I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but um, in my travels of Strange Thing, I've met a lot of filmmakers, and I met this one guy. I don't remember his name, and it's probably better, because he probably doesn't want to be called out, but he lives in LA, <laughs> and he's a filmmaker, and uh, he made this short film, and he made it like 
like he had like been really like vigilant and like wa- looking at all the movies that did well in film festivals, all the short films, all that stuff. And he created this short film that was just like all the ones that like won awards, won Sundance, won at South sure. by Southwest, that kind of thing. And then he took it around. It was about a physically disabled uh, gay person. <laughs> it was like about a, From, uh... it was about a kid in, <laughs> right? in, in the forest, something, something, whatever. Yeah, and then, sure. I'm sure it was very touching. Yeah. So he's, he sent all these film festivals. He got into a bunch of them and then like he sent it to Austin and then he got to like the very, very top like end of like, you know, getting selected for Austin. I think he even had a meeting with a film festival or a phone call with the film festival director. And then the director was like, yeah, I mean, your movie's great. I love it, but it's just like the movie that won last year. Like, so I just, I don't know if we can, I just don't know if we can take it just because it's too similar to like what, what, what we just had last year. And he was like, <laughs> right. fuck, like I fucked myself. Are you kidding I made, me? Cause I made yeah. a movie that was too much like the movies that people were liking, that it would like, it right. disqualified itself. And I just felt like, yeah, why don't you just make the movie that's true to you, you know? Like, that's what you need to do. And maybe I think for him it was probably both. Like, it was probably true to him and that. But it's like, I don't know. I think you can't tra- – what did you call it, Timothy? Chasing the dragon? Like, you can't chase the – you know. You <laughs> but chasing like- the dragon usually means you're going after uh, the success that you've already had. Oh, uh, okay. Like, you're, you're trying to, like, get back to that, like, place again. I think it's a drug right. term. Like that uh, first okay. high, like that <laughs> yeah. first high that you get, you're always right. chasing the dragon and trying to get right. back to that high, but you'll never get there again. Oh, that's funny. I thought chasing the dragon meant like chasing the success, a dream that'll never happen. Right. Yeah, chasing exactly. the dream that'll never happen. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, I guess my response to that is that that's just like one man's opinion, right? Dude. Uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of the nature of our business is that it relies heavily on people's opinions, right? Oh, yeah. Both of you and of your work. Oh, but my opinion, um, so, it counts and is the only one that matters. <laughs> well, <laughs> what I mean is like that that guy had an interview or, or meeting, whatever, with this other guy who said, your movie's too similar to the film last year. Great. Okay. But that movie doesn't disappear once that guy says that, the short film or, right. or, or whatever it right. was. Um, so he could meet with someone else who hadn't seen the film from last year. Right. And then that person's perspective on it is completely different from, right. from the other Right. That's ones. a good point. Yeah, it's all, it's all um, perspective. And, you yeah. know, you don't know when things are going to hit. 20 years from now, somebody random could f- see that short film for the first time and be like, oh, my God, this, I want to work with this guy. This is genius. Where is this guy? Yeah, I mean, you really you really just don't know. And also, yeah. I don't know if it's like, I mean, I'm sure that for some people, they make a short film, it gets seen by the right person. You know, Kevin Smith, it got seen by the right person. Right. Boom. It was in theaters within a couple months, you know. Right. Um, but I think for a lot of people, it's a little more of a slow burn. It's they make a short film. Maybe it has a little success at the beginning, but they didn't meet the right person at the time to do something with it. But then when they have made something else or they have a different screenplay and they're in a meeting with someone and they say, well, have you actually made anything ever? Like they're mm-hmm. in the room for a different reason. Right. But you have something from your past to show them. Yeah, yeah. And that makes a huge difference. Right. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I don't know. That has yet to, I have yet to be in these situations in rooms and meetings and talking to people and whatnot. But, um, you know, I've been doing these. See, and it could be, that could be because you haven't made the right film, or it could just be because the right person hasn't seen the films you've made. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it also could be because I don't live in LA. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to. I mean, that could be. I'm going to decide but that's, that that's, that's not more of the like case. a. <laughs> 
that's just a social circle thing right you know you're just you're just gonna know more people who are in the film industry if you live in los angeles because there's a higher concentration of them here right right yeah well, what I want to say is, uh, Alex, when you break in, you let us know and you tell us about the experience of what that's like. Cause, um, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're in the environment for that to happen. You know, you're working for producers, you're a writer, you know, you're getting your stuff read. So, I mean, I'm sure if the break in exists, I mean, who knows? I think this is what I want to discourage though, is like, like you could be in this perfect situation <laughs> and you could also never, ever, ever, ever break in. But I mean, totally uh, true. A movie of yours could get made. Another one could get made. I think it's going to be like a slow burn, man. Like, and then you'll be in the WGA eventually. Um, you know, and like, you know, I just think it all depends. I just, it, it happens for everyone differently, you know? Yeah. But I just think that this whole break in thing, is isn't it's not like it's a myth but it's like it's a very it's reserved to a very select few like it's not going to happen Certainly. for everybody so like i think no doubt as filmmakers and that doesn't mean that that it, you're not successful if it doesn't right exactly i think that's what we're trying to say right timothy i don't know that's exactly what we're, we've been trying to say you can absolutely be a successful filmmaker without breaking in no question right but the break-in is not a myth it does exist and if we aspire to that then the worst case scenario is that we are filmmakers who didn't see, break. See, in. I don't want to aspire to the break in though. Like, I don't want to like live my <laughs> life around this idea of trying to break in. Like, I'd rather just live my life as a filmmaker trying to tell stories that I care about and that just, resonate to me. You right. Know? Making movies, however yeah, but you really, can. Really, Alric? <laughs> yeah. Deep down, you don't want to be. I mean, on the tip of everyone's tongue, you don't want to have movies in the theater, a TV show on HBO. Obviously, I want those things, but I mean, yeah. I don't, all right. But, well, that's but, what you're aspiring. But I'm so you're aspiring. aspiring, but I'm not. <laughs> aspiring to it. I'm not trying to say like that it's that or not like that's not like what I want for my like that's the that's the difference is you don't want to say that's it or nothing right like I mean, it shouldn't be the oh, only I don't think you I guess say we're always either. trying to say that you cannot say the only measure of success is to say I've broken in and I have the career that Steven Spielberg had like if Definitely. that if that's what you're going to measure your success by you're probably always going to be unhappy so try right. not to measure Jim your, your is a great example of that. yeah like don't measure your success over if I don't break in I didn't I, I I failed if I don't have Steven Spielberg's career I failed just just measure your success as can I make movies if right. like I can just find a way to make a movie dude you've succeeded so maybe we should have told Robin you've succeeded like right. you're, you have a commercial Correct. career, you've yes. made a feature film, you're doing he all this great stuff, you succeeded successful. already. Yeah. No question. He he is a successful working filmmaker, yeah. which is a prize in itself. Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. And and again, I would say he's broken into certain fields. Yeah. But um, not but, Hollywood. But not the big, <laughs> you know, obscure break in that people always refer to. Yeah. Right, right. Cool. Well, um, thank you so much, Alex. I think this was a success. The first listener call-in. <laughs> yeah, yeah this is awesome. I'm so excited that you wanted me to be on the podcast. How do you yeah. feel about like now you're you're seeing how it's done? Look at it. That, like we're all on a a, a screen. I should do a screen grab of this. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, Alex's setup looks just a tiny bit more professional with his little uh, <laughs> you know, wind guard and his microphone stand. Yeah. I know. I'm still holding my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those who can't see, Timothy's uh, holding his microphone like a, and it's like a rectangular microphone, like a boxing. Well, it's the same uh, mic announcer. as mine, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ding, ding. you can hold it upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I need to get a better setup, but 
the sound quality is pretty good. It and I've, good. since I travel yeah. so much that I've just got used to, like, I, I don't have a big stand that I can bring with me to a hotel room and like set it up. No, so I like just it. like you doing this in my hotel room works. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at it, it looks like, uh, you know, Alric's in the studio and you're on the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You are right now on the 2007, first episode of 2017. We are celebrating um, hey, New Happy Year. Happy New Year. And I want to announce, um, since you've been a longtime listener, that we finally broke 500 listeners. Really? Hey, wow. congratulations, yep. guys. Thanks. Wow. That's it awesome. Was, uh, the Lucas Kitchen episode did it. Well, everyone Actually, wants no, to hear about the that. one before. It was oh, the really? one before. Pitching episode. Oh, the pitching, pitching episode. Oh. Yeah. It's a good episode. So, oh, um, yeah, hopefully by the time this airs, we'll be above 500. And then I was completely wrong. Earlier this year, I said our cap would be 500. <laughs> yeah. Such low expectations. <laughs> I, I was like, man, <laughs> like if that's, if that's the cap for the podcast, like, I just, geez, like there's got to be more growth that's than it. that out there for us. <laughs> hey, I think we should be happy that there's 500 people that even want to listen to what we have to say that's true i mean it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing good. well you guys yeah. are such sweethearts you know who who doesn't want to listen to a couple <laughs> of nice guys talking about the struggle also as many other people have said you guys are really the only ones talking about like the real the real struggle low level talking about yeah exactly like breaking in <laughs> real. yeah like just getting started right yeah so we will continue continue our journey on the yeah. break and is there anything you want us to talk about in 2017 alex oh putting me on the spot what do i want to hear you guys talk about i just want to hear you know timothy i feel like you've been on the upswing getting more and more more and more and more positive <laughs> you yeah. want to hear me go back down no i want to hear that continue <laughs> i want you to continue getting more and more positive okay. alric I feel like you took some blows this year, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and your, your, your confidence is really high sometimes, and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to make it. And sometimes you swing low. Yeah, that's true. I want to see fewer of those low swinging moments. <laughs> it's hard, man. <laughs> all positivity, baby. Yeah, all right. Oh, well, I'm right now, I was telling uh, my wife, I just feel like everything is going really well right now, and there's not really anything to really feel bad about. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully that continues through 2017, but I think this is going to be a big year for, for for both of us. I don't know. Just feel, yeah. feel excitement right now. Feel really excited. Sure. Yeah. yeah, well, New Year always brings new opportunities. Yeah. And you guys have a year under your belt now. You're getting more and more, like, more interesting guests, more diverse guests. Yeah. And um, plus, you're also still making stuff that you guys want to make. Yeah. So I think it seems promising, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Totally. I'm optimistic. Yeah. I'm, I don't yeah, know. So, uh, I, oof, I just feel good. I, I don't feel like I felt this way last year, though. I felt like last year, I was like, who knows? Like, brother's going to come out. We'll see what it does. Blah, blah, blah. Like, all this stuff. And then, like, now I think this year, I'm like, I got a, I got a game plan. You know, like I got the script into a place where I'm really, really proud of it and really happy with it. People are reading it. I've got some requests from some L.A. folks. Like, I don't know. I feel like, ooh, feel good. It's exciting. Yeah, Anything could happen. I feel like 2016 kind of slowed me down oh, yeah. filmmaking wise. But 2017 yeah, you know, I, I just is your year. Make as much stuff. I did a lot of like acting and not as much writing and directing. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, 2017. Acknowledge it, and now, yeah, More make it make the difference in 2017. Exactly. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, thanks again for coming on. and Thanks for asking yeah. me to be on, guys. Yeah, it's this no, is fun. You're a fun mini guest, yeah. dude. <laughs> One day I'll get my own episode. No, you will. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right. right. See you later. <laughs> it's been fun, guys. Have a happy day, rest of your day. Yeah, you, you too. too. Wow, that was cool. <laughs> All right. So that, that sets us up for a conversation about 2017. Like yeah. I was looking back at our year and the first episode that started this year um, was like episode 29. Really? Can you believe that? Like that sounds like we barely did any any episodes when 2016 yeah. started. That's well, crazy. We're well, like, that's because we started in June, right? So like we yeah. only had so half Yeah, so this is year. the first year we've done a, a complete year of podcasting. Right. Right. Every single week, every Monday, a new episode. Right. So like right there, let's just be proud of that. Episode 29 that aired on January 4th, um, I was looking back at those show notes and I realized I was at a really low point at the beginning of the year. Do you remember that? I was like not even sure I wanted to make movies anymore. Yeah, I do remember that. You were like going through some existential crisis. You were like, I don't know if I want to make movies. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it was right before Sweetos, right? Or it was like right during... I was... In the middle of directing, yeah, that Sweetos project, because I yeah. think that project started in December, yeah. um, right before the holiday break. And so, yeah, like January started out as a really cool month because I I started out the year as a director. Right. I was on a, a Sweetos project for like all of January. But yeah, filmmaking wise, I think I'd, I'd released Lone, I'd released Over My Dead Body, Spirit Machine was just about to get finished and I didn't really have anything yet to come and I was feeling a little down on the scripts that I was writing because I didn't feel like they were stories that I really wanted to tell or they were just um, insurmountable problems and trying to get them off the ground. Right. And so yeah, I was at a really low point and not sure that I even wanted to make movies anymore or that I was going to find an idea that I was excited about and um, man, things have changed in the last year. So that's, yeah. that's good Good to see that all the things that I was kind of like struggling with at the beginning of the year, I, I overcame. Like I was, I have since then found a story that I am excited about and found my enthusiasm for filmmaking again and really am trying to get a feature film made. So like, I feel like I've turned 180 degrees and I'm back on top. And to, and to Alex's point, yes, I'm getting more optimistic. Yeah. More positive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do remember that low point, but I, I remember thinking, like, why are you feeling so down? Like, you're directing this huge <laughs> commercial spot. I was like, like, because I remembered our conversations like six months earlier or whatever, where you're talking about like shopping your your reel around to agencies and stuff uh, for commercial work, and I was like, man, after the Sweetos thing, you're going to be like flying high on top of the world, but then you never really jumped in that direction again yeah but but then you've just been getting commercial directing jobs steadily throughout the year and uh you know now you're like i don't know um you know just directing you directed two awesome spots in the last like you know a couple months so yeah i don't know i mean i just feel like yeah it sort of happened without you actually having to do it and then yeah you found your enthusiasm for the story and you're like on a clear path but what i want to know is like, what is your plan for, um, what is it called again, this movie? 
It's right now we're calling it artifice. Artifice, yeah. So what is your plan for artifice? Like once you have the first draft done, what are you guys gonna do with it? I haven't even thought that far. Um, <laughs> it's right now just trying to get it done and make sure that once it's finished, it's still something that we're passionate about making. Because there's okay. always a chance that you're gonna get to the end. Like, okay, we're sitting here and talking about all these great ideas that we want to see in the finished screenplay, and we're really excited about like the the nugget of the idea, but execution is also a big part of it and Mm -hmm. whether or not we can actually execute all the things that we want to do is um in a screenplay is different than just sitting around and talking about it so oh yeah i i feel good right now that we're gonna be able to execute what we've set out to do but i also have written enough screenplays that i know that there's a chance that once we get to the end of it we might feel like ah we didn't really pull it off and there's no sense in like trying to make a movie um, or making a movie out of something that you don't believe 100% in. So I, I just want to, I guess, get to the end of the screenplay, feel 100% confident that it's going to be good, and then move forward. And theoretically, it should be a movie that's cheap enough for me to make without needing like a studio or a bunch of investors and i could probably just reach out to friends and family like you're doing with the alternate and figure out a way to get it to get it done nice um spirit machine style what do you think your budget's gonna be is it gonna be under a hundred thousand or a little more than that or what what are your thoughts are on my goal has always been to like keep it under two hundred thousand. okay yeah but I don't, I'm going to have to really sit down with it and I'd love your help with it too. With like, once it's done is to go through and break it out and say, is this even realistic to do for that price? Right. Cause like we said on a few episodes ago, it's like to really break down that number into shooting days. It's kind of scary. Like how much you're going to have per shooting day. Right. And I, and, and you're, you've been right all along, like trying to get 30 shoot days for like a first feature is pretty unrealistic. So if right. that ends up being what I need to shoot this, there's just no way that I'm going to be able to do it for 200,000. Right. So I'm just have to be smart about it and, and really plan it out. One th- cool thing, like when you see La La Land is there's so many like single takes that he did in that movie that that might be a way to like kind of utilize your days and um, like a, a really compressed timeline. Like if you can shoot several minutes maybe even like a 10 minute scene like in one take i wonder if that saves you any time or if that's just too much rehearsal i don't know i guess it depends on the scene right and i mean i wonder if he did coverage on those scenes and he just decided to go with the master or the one (laughs) shot or not i guess that's an interesting question to ask because you know i think um like on that movie that i worked on last year uh they would have like four or five shots scheduled and then they would do the the first one that they thought was the most important and then sometimes they would just say hey no we got it like we don't yeah we don't on. need these other things like we're just going to move on and so then that was a way that they saved time here and there um mm-hmm. but yeah i wonder in la la land's version like cuz like you know in that case like he's making a movie where he has a budget because you know, he made whiplash and like, you know, he, he's got that freedom. So I, I bet, I bet you, even in situations where he thought that he was going to use the, do it as a winner, he, they probably got coverage anyways, just mm-hmm. because they can, you know, like there's no, there's no reason not to, uh, when you have the budget. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to know like what, artif like how what what your road to getting artifice made is like are you gonna do pitches like i'm doing for the alternate like are you gonna try to attach a big star are you just gonna cast locally and like raise the money on your own like 
Like how, like, how are you feeling about your process for that? Are you just that so far away that you're not even there yet, that you're just trying to get the story down and that stuff will come later? I mean, I obviously have some ideas about how I would approach it, but it's I feel like it's too early for me to even make those public or to even tell you like what those plans are because mm. it could easily change. And I, and I, I don't know, for some reason, I don't want to say what my plans are. Yeah, you're always like that. You're always very secretive. Like you don't want to talk about like, oh, I don't want to say what mo- what film festivals I submitted my movie to. I don't want to say. Yeah, when, when else? You, was, you, 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 put, you always play the cards close to the chest, and I'm like the exact opposite. Uh-huh. I'm just like, fuck, this is what I'm doing. Spew, 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 like out into the world. Yeah, know? it's funny. One time, I, I sat down with a writer, the, my our first meeting together, and I said. Um, I'm trying to be very careful about talking about things that haven't happened yet. Like, I don't want to be the guy that like seems to always be on the cusp of doing something. Like, I'm just about to do this. I'm just about to do this. But then none of that stuff happens. And then you just sound like a talker rather than mm. somebody that actually does. So because all I could say right now would be kind of in theory, things that I could do, then I just don't feel like it's even worth talking about because... I don't know if that's really what a, the, the path that I'm going to pursue. Like I want to like aim to get it out there into the world and get it seen by a lot of people. And then like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what Alex was talking about. Maybe like break into the industry with the movie and you're not going to necessarily do like you could do that with unknowns if the performances are amazing. And the story is so good. But I think in order to really get any kind of acceptance, you have to have stars, you know, I think you just need star. to follow Blue Ruin is like that's that what that's what you're going after, right? All right. Like Blue right. Ruin was the low budget independent feature. I know it didn't have any stars in it, but that didn't matter. Like it it got made, it got well it was well received and then he was able to do a follow up with Patrick Stewart. Right. But I kind of feel like <laughs> if he had a star in that movie, even just a supporting actor star, like any star Might have been bigger. I think it would have like not only done all the amazing things that it did, but also get like a wider theatrical release and right. you know become a movie that more people have heard of. Like if he had like it might you have know, been a whiplash for him, right? If one of the characters had been played by like any actor that we have heard of played like a small role in one of the scenes or like part of the movie, I think it could have been way bigger. But I don't think that would have made it a better movie necessarily. I think the movie's so good that it doesn't really matter. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Do I want to try to do that? Do I want to try to like just like take David O'Donnell and make the alternate with him and, you know, do it that way and just get her done? Or do I want to like try to get, um, yeah, I keep on talking about Anthony Mackie as <laughs> my dream star. <laughs> like, do I want to try to get the Falcon to be in my movie and like do it that way? Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like I, I'm, I like, I want to go for these big things that are unknowns that like you, you can't control and just try. And then if that doesn't work, then I can always go and do it on the lower end with like, you know, unknown actors and such. Yeah, I think you have to decide what your um, your tolerance for delaying your production is. Because every every time that you kind of reach for something high, it's just going to take time. Yeah. So trying to go after Anthony Mackie could be like six months out of the year that if he doesn't say yes to the project, then you're six months behind on getting your movie started. So if you have the tolerance to wait and 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 go after him, then do it. But if you're just like, I just want to shoot this. I want to do it now. I want to get my first feature done in 2017. You might not want to take the time yeah. to go after those big those big targets. Well, if I had $200,000 sitting in my, uh, you know, 
pocket i would just do i would just do that like why not yeah i just go make the movie yeah. but since i i have to raise that money um and it'll probably take me six months probably just to raise even like a quarter of that you know um <laughs> i might as well try to get these actors on board first and while i'm raising the money you know and uh and then see what happens first like can i get the actor's letter of intent and can i go shop that around and, and, uh, raise the budget through traditional investors. Like, yeah, we'll see that maybe that'll work. Or, you know, at the same time, will I just be, you know, um, going around to all the different, um, friends and family I have and raising, raising, you know, a tiny little bit at a time, tiny little bit at a time. And then like, which will happen first? Will I raise enough money to make, to shoot on my own with that money? Or will I get an actor signed on and, and do it through that system? Like who, who knows? So, well, I think I'm just going to do a two pronged approach, you know, go yeah. after both at the same time. And then even a third, a third, uh, prong to that is, uh, <laughs> you know, like I've been talking about, like actually writing the brother feature that could be made for under $50,000, like the ultra, ultra low budget movie. And then have that sitting in my back pocket. And then, um, you know, if I only raise $50,000 in six months and I can't get anybody attached to the alternate and that is just not going to happen, then I have another project that I can go with by the end of the year and shoot that and then mm -hmm. have that be as my, might be my first feature, you know? So when we talk, at this time in 2018, what do you hope to have happened? Well, I would have hoped to either have a shot, the alternate or brother feature or whatever that ends up being, or to basically have a plan to shoot either one of them or have shot or be in the works to shoot another feature that is unrelated to those that could have happened through other meetings or other things that I wow. don't even know about yet. So I wow. have really big, like 2017, I, I'm not saying I have to have shot a movie in 2017. That's like, that's not my goal, but I want to But you're be, hoping that happens. I'm hoping that happens. And I'm, but I'm, I'm really trying, my goal would be to like have a clear plan to have the feature shot in 2018 if I haven't already shot it in 2017. So like either that means I have a big portion of the budget raised. I have some sort of thing lined up for it to happen. Something where it's like, yes, this movie will be shot in 2018. If, if I don't have already shot it in 2017. So actually this, this is like the probably the first time that I have like really big, goals that I think I can actually reach, you know, like last year I was like, ah, oh, we'll see. I can't really, you know, whatever. But I think the next two years I should be able to shoot a feature. I think, you know, if not sooner, <laughs> but yeah, well, time will tell. I'm giving myself quite a lot of time <laughs> by saying like <laughs> either have shot or plan to shoot. That's pretty, that's pretty broad. Yeah. I think it's probably more realistic that you will have plans to shoot, but I guess if things really happen and I think if, if by May you don't have like your funding together or an actor like Anthony Mackie attached, you're probably not going to be shooting this movie in 2017. Right. By May. Ex exactly. But I yeah. think that's plenty of time to do that. Like, you know, I how many months do you think you're going to need for pre-production? Three, maybe two. Yeah. I could do it in one if if like someone was like oh shit you have to shoot in March like I could shoot in March, um, I wouldn't want to but I could 
Like if like tomorrow someone was like, <laughs> oh yeah, love the alternate. Uh, I have this actor. They're available March, uh, you know, fifteenth through the the thirtieth. Like, can you shoot in that window? I would be like, yeah, let's go. You know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not ideal, but I mean, even if it was that was February, February fifteenth to thirtieth, I probably still could do it. I wouldn't want to, but um. You just got to do it, though. The, the you, ability you, you to like to, to make that happen is is there. It's re, it's not like it's impossible. Right. Someone said that for January fifteenth through the thirtieth, and I don't think so. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I need at least a month. But uh, you know, yeah. I, I think if you had three months of planning, that would be ideal. You know, just to really get everything lined up, everything perfectly um, aligned, and you know, all the you know. Eyes dotted, T's crossed, all that stuff. Yeah, um, maybe my ambitions just aren't big enough. But I feel like if uh, if a, in a year from now I'm just still excited about making movies, that would be an accomplishment, right? Because I feel like I'm so on the cusp of like giving up altogether, <laughs> and all it's going to take is just not having an idea that I'm excited about or not really understanding. Um, what I bring to the table as a filmmaker. And this year I've done all that work to kind of build myself back up. And I found an idea that, that I'm, I feel like is, is worth pursuing and I'm really excited about it. And I'm really enjoying writing it. I think as a commercial director, I found out um, a little, I'm a little bit more confident in my voice and what I bring to the table. And in that respect, I feel, finish the spirit machine which is probably the biggest thing for me because for the past four years that's like really been weighing on me and to have that done i just feel free i feel free from that burden and um i still see it as a pretty big failure but um at the same time i don't think i would be the same filmmaker i am without having tried to shoot something that big and that ambitious it's funny i was with a a filmmaker friend of mine uh, last week and we were eating lunch and we were talking about the spirit machine. And he says that there's no way that I could have succeeded at making that movie. It was just like way too big and ambitious. And I was, I kind of took that to heart because I was thinking about Steven Spielberg's career. It's like at, at the age that he was or at the, the place he was in his career when he made let's say Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is kind of what I was going after, right? right? He had already made Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Duel and a bunch of TV movies. Um, and also, yeah, what was that first, that feature film, Sugarland Express? Right. And those were all, those were all movies that are very different than Raiders, but like all the skills that he learned in those movies made it so he could accomplish something like Raiders. Mm-hmm. Had he tried to make Raiders when he made Sugarland Express, he probably wouldn't have succeeded at it. Oh, no way. I mean, you know? Jaws was like a huge thing for him. Yeah, like, like that movie was almost a failure, right? Like right. the shark kept on breaking and I think they wanted to like pull the plug on it, but he did, just did kept they pushing go like thirty three, like two months over on or something, <laughs> something like that. Like they were supposed to shoot yeah. for like 30 days and they shot for like 90 days because they couldn't get the, the shark right and they couldn't get the water shots right and there was all these issues and he just wouldn't stop shooting is that some yeah some, exactly some sort yeah of th- i think he really like people wanted to pull the plug on it and he pushed through it but it's like i, th- I think about that and it's like maybe i've been i've been too hard on myself and it's like 
to think that I could have pulled that off, it is kind of unrealistic of me. Oh, and yeah. that's fine. You know, it's like I should have gone after like a duel. You know, duel is very simple. It's a truck chasing people down the freeway, right? Right. That's a simple movie, a simple premise. There's less things to think about, but to like do something like big and epic with like so many moving pieces. Like I just, I don't think I was ready for it. And I'm glad that I did it because I think it expanded my capacity to handle a production that big um, in a way that I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have learned that much if I would have tried something smaller. Right. But um, I can't beat myself up for, for not succeeding in my ambitions and it still could play pay off as something in 2017. It's like, it's, it's out to film festivals yeah. A lot of people still haven't seen it. Like it still could pay off. So oh, yeah, it's not a, it's not a complete failure yet. I don't think um, it's a failure. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I look. I think a strange thing, and I mean, obviously, strange thing was not as big or ambitious as um, <laughs> as the Spirit Machine in, in yeah. story or in scope or in budget yeah. or anything. But I mean, compared to the other things I've made, it, it was the most ambitious thing I did. Like I had stunts. I had like lots and lots of visual effects. Um, I had, you know, like. Yeah, all these things that none of my other movies had, and that was my first one. But I think that's just like mm-hmm. the 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 tendency for filmmakers is to go big <laughs> on their first one. Like they always want to do something crazier out there or wild, you know. Um, but well, because you, uh, you believe that you can do it, right? Yeah. You don't know any better, and so you're like, I I think that I can pull this off because you know what you like and you have taste, and you know what works and doesn't work in other people's movies. But when it comes down to like doing it yourself and the experience that you have as a filmmaker sometimes just things are are too big for you to take on right right and the, um, i think you should still try I, right, I, yeah. I still encourage people to try because for every filmmaker that there is like me i think there's people like colin levy who seem to have like a much bigger capacity for those kind of movies than i seem to and he seems to have kind of done it not like right out of the gate, but it seems like he's he was successful at doing a bigger movie like pretty pretty fast compared to me. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like, yeah. I, mean, I think you got to dream big, but I think it also like think about scope and like what you can actually accomplish too. Like you you don't want to set yourself up for failure by going too large, you know. Um, and and using the resources you have around you is uh, is really important. But I think we both did those things, even though we did dream big on top of it, yeah. you know. So um, my question for you is, what what is your hope for Spirit Machine in 2017? Like, what would you hope happens with it? Uh, I kind of, I don't really care. Uh-huh. Like, if it just stopped right here and it, that's as far as I went, I would be, I'd be totally fine with that. Um, at the very least, I would like to see it online because uh, it would be nice to make it available for people to see. But if it doesn't make it into festivals, it's not going to make me sad. If it doesn't get me an agent or a manager or break me into the studio system, it's not going <laughs> to make me sad. I've already kind of given up on all that stuff. Right. With it. Right. Um, yeah, I feel like I've gotten out out of it what I wanted to get out of it. And I actually kind of had gotten all that stuff before it was ever done. I, I, it being finished may have contributed to some of the commercial work that I got in October and November, but I'm not totally sure. Mm. Um, it's yeah, hard to other tell than sometimes. that, I, it's really the only thing that it's, it's done is just kind of relieve me of the burden of, of people asking me when it's going to be finished. Like I'm back to my normal life now. No one asks me about spirit machine anymore. Right. Um, 
So I know that we're already talking about 2017, but I want to flip back to 2016 really quickly. Um, yeah, I want you to look back and tell me, like, what has your year been like? What have you accomplished and what are you proud of and what do you wish that you could have done better? All that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. So like, I guess, um, you know, with the release of Brother, that was something that I had like a lot really high hopes for and I thought was going to be a, a bigger thing than it ended up being, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was going to get all these hits online. I thought like, oh, maybe this could could lead to some other things with my career. Maybe somebody will see it and want me to direct something else and all this other stuff. And then none of that happened, you know, like <laughs> it, 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 it did like got it got into a film festival. It, it got some great screenings. Every screening it's had has been really positive and really, uh, you know, great reaction. Um, but uh, it didn't get into a bunch of film festivals. I mean, I didn't submit it to a bunch. Like I, if I had submitted it to the same amount as Strange Thing, like who knows what would have happened. But like I just... Mm-hmm. You know, I got into the one, I released it, and I just sort of quit. So I kind of like, I, I look back at that and like back in April, and I really feel like I should have just um, released it or submitted it to all the film festivals that I had submitted it to it the previous year. Um, like, I, cause I'd submitted uh, a rough cut to a bunch of places. So I should have sent the finished cut to all the same places and then like, probably 20 more and then i think it just would have been far better because then like it would be hitting film festivals now and already be online and it would just be something else i could promote and talk about and something else to be out in the world but i just didn't do that and so i feel like now it's probably too late like i shouldn't submit it to to film festivals in 2017 just because you know it's already done it's our it's too late you know and maybe it's not too late maybe i could still submit it but i don't know i just kind of feel like that movie's done with now um, mm-hmm. so I think there's some little regret there with brother and not pushing it out in a bigger way, but I do think it, it still was a success in lots of ways. Cause I feel like as a filmmaker, I'm really proud of it. And I, uh, I feel like the storytelling is strong and I'm, I'm happy with the reactions that I've been getting from people. I just, you know, I wish it would have reached more people than it did, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But it still could, it could still, it could still get out there in a bigger way later. It's not like it's over forever. Um, what else about 2016? The Rage. The Rage. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I thought it was going to be done before Brother. Not didn't happen. Um, but uh, it is almost done now. And basically the score is done. And, uh, you know, now it's just the soundtrack is, is being worked on. So basically, like, y- that'll come out, like, early 2017 and i already have a few film festivals that i'm eyeing to submit it to so we'll see but i mean i don't know i can't really think about that as a failure just because i didn't prioritize it in the way that i thought i was going to um and i think the way it ended up coming about like i'm okay that it took so long especially because now it's like something else i can talk about in 2017 and be like oh here's my new short film that just i just finished you know and it's not like <laughs> right it, it didn't get released so close to brother that they got confused it's like oh now there's a now there like the way that that the release is going to look it's going to be like oh yeah like strange thing was this year brother was the next year rage is the next year and then mm-hmm. x will be the next year you know so it's just like comes out in this it's going to be released in a nice way that's going to feel good and natural, you know? Right. So, Your IMDb page is going to look on point. On point. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, are you going to do with the rage, which you should have done with brother and submit it to some of the film festivals that yeah, uh, strange thing was accepted to, or are you uh, just, is it more an online release? What do you, what are your plans with it? 
Uh, yeah, I don't know what the audience for that movie is at all. Like, I just don't understand the audience because it's such a different movie than the other movies I've made. So mm-hmm. I think I should probably submit it to film festivals and see what the reaction is because maybe that's where the audience will be and that's where I'll find them. Um, and then as far as when to put it online, I don't know. Like, I guess it depends on what film festivals it gets into, but I'll, right. I'll probably submit it to Oakland International like I always do and they'll probably play it. Um, there's a, uh, a, like, a an adult film festival. Like, it's called Briefs. It's like an mm-hmm. erotic film festival that, um, the East Bay Express puts on. So I'm going to submit it to them and they do a big showing at the Grand Lake Theater also. So, you know, if I get into there, like, that'll be a cool screening for it, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I might as well just submit it to those film festivals. And then whether or not I release it online before then or if I, I wait until after I hear back, I guess that's just, oh, we'll wait and see. But maybe I'll just decide to put it online before I hear back from a bunch of film festivals. Or I don't, I don't know. I guess I haven't really decided yet. I guess I want it to come out and I want um, people to see it and people to react to it, you know? And then based off of people's reactions, then I'll decide what uh, what to do, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about my screenplay, too. Like, I kind of need to see what other people think of it before I decide what I'm going to do with it. Because I could be like, this is the best thing ever. And then everyone that I show it to go like, nope, dude, that this is not it keep going yeah well <laughs> um, uh beth was watching like you know like whatever a minute or two of the rage uh with like the near finished soundtrack and she yeah. was like this is the weirdest artsiest movie you've <laughs> ever made like this is so weird i was like yeah. oh yeah that's interesting um so i don't know yeah, the process <laughs> of making a movie it doesn't always equate to like how it's received <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i don't know what people are gonna make of it it's uh it's really weird and it's got a lot of like different ideas like uh so one of the things in 2016 i didn't think was gonna happen is i produced a movie i produced a short film for uh another filmmaker and that was a really great experience um that's and that a, got, a good man yeah a good man yeah which didn't do what everyone on the team was hoping it was going to do. They all hoped it was going to get into this humongous film festival in Asia and uh, premiere in October and like, you know, basically be their break in. Right. Yeah. And that, but it didn't that, happen. Huh? That didn't happen. And then it didn't get into any of the other film festivals they submitted it to. But I, I think they're still waiting to hear back from like eight more or something. So it still could get into a couple. Um, but I really hope that movie uh, gets out into the world, gets seen. Cause I just, I'm really proud of it. But what my point was that director, he watched my other movies like strange thing and brother and was like, well, oh, that's cool. Like, I don't really like sci-fi. That's okay. And then he saw an early cut of <laughs> the rage and he was like, wow, man, such intense drama. Oh, I didn't know you had it in you. This is amazing. Like he was like really impressed by it. And I was like, what? That's so funny. <laughs> really? You might find your audience through this like artsy movie and then everyone's going to want you to make like these kind of movies. Yeah. I don't know. So I, your I next guess, movie will be in, Into the Skin. Is that what it's called? In, un, in, under in the, the skin, skin. Under the Under Skin. The skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I never saw big, it, but I, I heard I heard it was it. crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's It was like, a, that would have been a great short film, uh, but it was not a good feature, uh, in my opinion. My opinion. Anyways, but um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. What about you? How do you feel about 2016? 
I feel good. I mean, I feel like I've worked through all the, the issues that I started the year out with. So I feel like I'm in a good place and I'm proud of the work that I've done. And um, I'm also like, look back in all the places that I've been like the, the, the year started out with me going to Alaska and Bisbee, Arizona. And then I went to Japan on vacation. And then I went to uh, Barcelona to shoot some stuff for Comcast so yeah like personal life professional life like everything was it was a good year yeah yeah you've done a lot man it's been pretty crazy i mean and it's really great i think you think you're right though in in saying that like your biggest accomplishment is wanting to make movies again like i think that is pretty pretty huge because like you were down in the dumps in the beginning of the year and for me i didn't understand why but um, you know, like for you to be back and excited about it, I think is really cool. But I guess the other question is like, are, do you have any interest in doing any short films? Or are you just only focused on feature in 2017? I do have an interest in doing um, the haunted toy house. There's a, a short version of that, which is the short that got me interested in writing that as a feature. Yeah, and that has been kind of pulling at the back of my mind lately. Like, ah, uh, it would be so cool to shoot that be really cool and it's like and if i shoot it because there's already a feature script ready to go if somebody really liked it you know maybe we could get it made oh yeah totally but then the other part of me is like uh no no more shorts you can't do any more shorts just don't don't do it like look at Ulrich in the rage you just can't do it man (laughs) (laughs) i think shorts are great like i just think that like you know i i can't spend my own money on them anymore you know and self-finance them um, if somebody wants me to shoot a short for them or direct a short that they want to get made, like, like I'm all into that, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, how would you get the haunted toy house made? Would you, do you have a line to have some financing or would you just have to self-finance? Yeah, I guess I'd have to self-finance it, which I really don't want to do any again. All right. Right. So, yeah. but you know, there's, pl- there's places that you could submit things to. Like I submitted it to last year's Cinequest Barco contest. Um, they oh, were giving cool. away money to like make things in the Barco cinema format. And I right. thought that would, that would be a great movie to like do in that manner, but I didn't get it. Like had I, had I gotten it though, I would have definitely gone and shot it. Yeah. Well, of course. Um, yeah, I, I had a short film I wrote, um, based off of, uh, Beth's mother's uh, a story Beth mother's mother told um, me and and her and us and I like she she wrote it in a letter and she told us the story in person and then she wrote it in a letter and then I wrote a a screenplay of it a 10 page short or 8 page short and then I submitted it to a couple short film contests and one of them was like oh your short film will get $20,000 and you'll get flown to Florida where you get to mm-hmm. produce your short film and direct your short film yeah, with that'd be cool. XY producer or whatever so if I win that I would I would totally do that but I mean it's again like you can't I can't be making that a focus and, and spending my own resources into it you know but <laughs> right. if someone else wants to help it I mean I don't know like like I love making a short a year you know like because I directed uh the zombie versus drone uh last year or two years ago and then this last year i did the rage and then now i'm doing i don't know if i'm actually going to do it but i might direct a short that someone else has asked me to to potentially direct that's still a question mark like i haven't actually met with the, the producer yet but uh 
if that happens, that'd be super cool because it's a, it's a horror movie. And uh, yeah, that would be awesome to have that under my belt and start 2017 having directed something for somebody else. Because I, 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 don't, I don't really know what my future holds, but I have a feeling that um, writing isn't necessarily my strongest suit. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. it, I, not that I'm bad at writing, but it's like, I'm not like a guy who can just write a genius script. Like I'm not, it's not, I'm not like, it's not natural to me, like a Tarantino or any like w- these writers who are professionals. Like I'm not just like, you know, I can't just sit down and, and spew out great dialogue. It, it really takes me a long time to write anything that's, that's decent, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking that I would rather pursue like being a freelance director and just, you know, yeah, maybe I'll write some stuff and maybe I'll, you know, contribute here and there. But like, I'd rather just be a director for hire and, get, and direct other people's work and stuff. Yeah, so this, fun. So this is sort of like would be a good test to that would be like, Oh, this is someone else's work. I get to direct their script. And I did that before. It didn't work out very well as everyone who's listened to the podcast knows. I mean, it didn't work out. It worked out well. I guess it didn't work out well for me, but I mean, this art, I liked the art was fine. I thought it just, what happened to the art wasn't good. Um, anyways, you you guys can listen to some old episodes if you want to know what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder how many people are, I doubt anyone's tuning in for the first time on this one, but they might've listened to like the past three or four episodes and they might be completely lost. So, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. One yeah. last thing I want to just say about 2016 that I don't even know if I, I, I know I did not ever say this on the podcast and I don't even know if I told you, but I did, um, is it submit? I submitted for a San Francisco Film Society grant this mm. year. Mm. I did not get it, nice. but um, I <laughs> I wanted to get a little bit of money um, to write Artifice, and I I thought mainly for PR purposes it would be awesome to say like yeah I got a grant to write the screenplay and I would have a little office over with the San Francisco Film Society right, and right. be able to be around those people. So what I did is when I um, when I submitted my application to the grant, I asked for a very, very small amount of money. It was really just a, enough money to get Mark over here by BART and to pay for some lunches. But beyond that, uh, you know, I didn't ask for much. And I thought that if I didn't ask for a lot, they would just be like, well, you know, he's not asking for that much and it's local guys and he has a podcast and he does, makes films. Like, let's just help this guy out. But it did not did not happen. Yeah, I think it's really hard to get into that program. My, uh, I have a mm-hmm. friend who's in that program, um, and uh, it sounds like it's really interesting. But he he was really like, like I was kind of telling him my reasons for not wanting to apply, and he was like, "You idiot, you gotta just apply." Like, <laughs> you know, you, you wouldn't believe yeah. the types of projects that are in here. Like your your movie is more relevant than a lot than some of the other movies that are in this program. So don't worry about it not being relevant or just being like too you know, genre E or whatever to be considered high art. Like he's basically saying that like, I am like, what's it called? Uh, yeah, I'm projecting basically I'm projecting my insecurities onto them. Like I'm saying like, Mm -hmm. that like, Oh, I don't think my work's good enough. Uh, So I think they don't think my work's not good good enough. So he was like, it's all in your head, man. Like you just need to (laughs) like craft, craft the thing, craft your essay, craft your, your submission and submit it. Like, you never know. Like you, you don't never wanna... know. You don't know what their criteria are. Yeah, you know what gave me hope is I was looking at all the films that they they had helped make over the last few years, and one of them is called Approaching the Unknown. 
Mm. Have you heard Just, about this? No. It's a new and it's a New York filmmaker. It's not even a Bay Area filmmaker, but um, it's a sci-fi movie about one man who's on a space mission. It's like I think kind of like loan to go to like explore a, this planet. Oh, cool. And um, I haven't seen it yet. It's like it's on my PlayStation. I have to watch it. But I saw the trailer for that and I was like, wow, this like this makes this makes sense that they would they would put money into this because it's like, you know, our place in the universe and things like that. And I thought, you know, my movies aren't that far off from that kind of thing. Like I'm always I'm constantly talking about our place in the universe and, right. you, know, you know, what where we stand and existential ideas and, and things like that. So I just figured, why not? Let's try it. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I did so yeah. apply to them before and I didn't get in, but that was like a couple of years ago and it was for the alternate too. It was the same project, but, um, you know, it wasn't a very well written, um, you know, application. Yeah. I'll, maybe next year, you know, maybe I'll do it next year. We'll see. Um, I should, why not? Like it's a resource in our, our area that we should be, you know, exactly. At the very of. least, it'll put us in the room with other filmmakers that we might not normally meet, and I think that's that's exciting. Maybe we'll have Rob on at some point. He can talk about his experience because he's been there a full year now, and I think he's going to go into another year of residency there. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear his perspective on what what it offers, what the experience is like, and uh, what he's gotten out of it. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like you know they want you to be there in your office at at your plate at the you know at their facility like a couple times a week at least. You know? Right. Yeah. And, like, There's like just, stipulations. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes it's hard for the filmmakers to make that commitment happen because they got so many other things going on in their lives and so many other projects that they're working on that it, they can't always just be in the office uh, every week, you know. But that's what they really want from you, you know. So this this could be a really epic episode, depending on how much we cut out. Right. But exactly. Yeah. What else, what else do you want to talk about? I just wanted to refocus and re recap. So like in in twenty seventeen. You're hoping to just still want to make movies by the end of the year. That's what you said. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty much it. I don't have a concrete goal. I'm not. I'm not like you, where I'm saying by the end of 2017, I want to have a finished script. I want to be in production on it, or I want to have money raised. Like I, I think those are all great goals. Um, I just I'm not setting those for myself because I really am just struggling right now with like keeping my enthusiasm up and wanting to and finding an idea like i said a year ago i was like finding an idea that i think is worth pursuing um and let me just read this off of our show notes give me a second to find it oh yeah so what idea is relevant and worth making ah okay you know i just want to like i need to feel by the end of the year that i I still have ideas that are relevant and worth making and you know i'm struggling to like make sure that i still have those um, and I'm lucky that I have one right now, but I, I know just given where I was at the beginning of last year that it, it could happen to me again, where I, I get to the point where I'm like, I don't know, man, I don't know if there's anything that's, that's worth even pursuing. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess for me, like I, I was pretty clear earlier, just like, yeah, either have shot or be set up to shoot, um, a feature if hopefully the alternate, if not something else in 2018 or if not if i haven't already shot it this next year which i mean is a pretty big pretty big goal you know it's a big goal yeah but uh we'll see i think i can make it happen like i just feel like this incredible amount of enthusiasm right now 
And I just feel like I'm, I've already started this process. Like I've, I've raised a little bit of money, even though it's only a tiny bit, 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 but I've, I have raised it. And then I just have this really cool plan that I think I'm going to execute and it could just fall to shit completely. But, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's got a good shot of, uh, of, of making something happen. So I'm, I'm just really excited for that. Um, That's great. what do you think for the podcast in 2017? What do you want for the podcast in the next year? That is constantly changing for me. You know, oh, like yeah. there's there's some weeks where I'm like, oh my God, the podcast is amazing. We're doing like such good things. And um, there's other weeks where I'm like, man, we're so far off. Like, let's get back on track. Like, how do we, how do we make this podcast relevant to either mm. ourselves or to other people? I get excited in, in one of two ways. One is right now what, what we're doing is fun where we're really struggling with some interesting problems that pertain to us. And it seems like it's it's things that other filmmakers are trying to figure out too. Things like distribution and how to put together a good pitch and do paid pitch sessions work. Like all that kind of stuff is really relevant to us. Whereas where we when we started the podcast, um, I think we were sharing like half of our own stories of where we were at the time, but also just sharing stories about how we got to the point that we were and hoping that those stories would resonate with other filmmakers and make them feel less alone. Right. Like, I think that's the other side of it for me is just sharing stories and experiences. So other people know that they're not alone in that, mm. but yeah, I don't know. It's like the podcast for me just is, is exciting when I'm excited about it. Right. And yeah. And I just want to like keep, I just want to stay excited about it. So whatever that means, whether that means like finding topics that we haven't talked about and um, telling stories that we haven't told before, or just continue to explore questions and ideas that we haven't really figured out for ourselves. Um, yeah. I think either way, either one of those like is fine for me as long as we're excited about it. Right. And also yeah. getting like really good guests, like the guests that get me the most excited are the ones where I feel like they might have an answer for me. Like right. they might be able to like um, tell me something that I've never thought of before. Yeah, I guess for me, what I what I have been really enjoying about the podcast is just the weekly conversation, and uh, I feel like I've been trying these things and and been dealing with these issues, and the, the podcast has really been helpful for me to work through it, you know, and uh, to talk to you about it, talk to other guests about it, and just be actively thinking about filmmaking once a week for an hour. So I I feel like for me. It's like that is always the the best part of it is just the conversation. Um, but what I so I hope those continue, you know, like they always have, and I'm I sure they, they will. Always will, yeah, yeah. But um, I guess what I hope for the podcast is just I don't know that we're continuing to resonate with people, you know, because I feel like we're resonating with people now, and I feel like I just want to resonate with people more and reach more people. I guess I, I don't know. I have I you you you're always talking about like oh yeah five hundred get like listeners. Well, that's cap out. Like I don't think we're gonna get more than five hundred. I, I I don't know. I kind of feel like I thought in my head that if we kept on going with the podcast for yeah. this long, that we would have have had more listeners by now, or that we would have had like gotten an article written about us or something, you know. And I guess we haven't really been trying very hard, but I don't know. I guess I kind of want something to happen with the podcast where we start to reach more people, even if it's just gradual growth. Like I just want to keep on growing, 
you know? Yeah, I don't understand that feeling because I feel like we should be grateful for any listeners, <laughs> period. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't feel right. like this podcast is worthy of thousands or hundreds of thousands of listeners. There's, it's not, yeah, a, it's not, not, we're not talking about things that, um, I think are interesting to a lot of people. I think it's interesting to a very select group of people. And it's not even just filmmakers. It's filmmakers in a very specific period of their career. Right. You know, it's like Mark and Jay Duplass probably don't care about what we're talking about. I think it's... Yeah, but there's how many Mark and Jay Duplasses are there in the world, right? I think there's probably more (laughs) filmmakers like us than there are Mark and Jay. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Or even like somebody... (laughs) Really? uh, Even like somebody like... um, that's that's made like a few features probably listens to us and is frustrated like why are these guys complaining about making feature films well, like well, we're i've already compl- done it we're not complaining first no, off know. yeah that I, that was what uh what's his name said he well he un- indirectly said that we were complaining um right like that's that's kind of who i think of in my head yes yeah. i think he's he, negative being a negative nancy um <laughs> I guess that's what he thinks we are, that we're negative Nancys. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, ah, ah, I don't know. I guess I just want to keep on going and see where it goes and get more guests and have more conversations and, and get some more answers, you know, and, and share with what we learn and learn more and grow and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess my point is we gain nothing from having more people listen to us. So I want to worry about how many people listen to us. Yeah. Yeah, like, probably. Let's not. just keep doing what we enjoy doing, and either people listen or they don't listen. Like, it shouldn't matter to us how many people are listening. Yeah. It's fun. Like, I agree. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to see people like download it and and hoping that the downloads equate to people listening to it. But at the same time, it's not really changing our lives. Um, the listener count is not changing our lives. The podcast itself is changing our lives. Just talking about it is changing our lives. And we could, it would change our lives whether one person listened to it or one million people were listening to it. So I'm I'm not too concerned about the listener count. Right. Well, then how about this? The engagement. I I want more engagement because I feel like I'm on board with that. We've had more engagement than we have currently. And I mean, we do. I mean, obviously, we just had Alex on the show and, and like he's a a long time listener and we're engaging with him, but yeah, I I want more like, you know, more Twitter conversations, more Facebook conversations, more conversations on the website. You know, I just want more back and forth with the listeners. Like I feel like we're talking and they're not necessarily talking back as much as they have in the past. (laughs) So talk Uh, back to us guys. Well, I'll say two things about that. One is I feel, I think it feels like less, of less that they're talking to us because we're so used to the amount of Twitter traffic that we get now that mm. it feels less special. But I was just going through our Twitter feed this morning and thinking, wow, like every week we hear from like a few people that either tell us like great episode or have a comment on it, um, whatever. And it's like, I think that's pretty consistent. Yeah, and I know people aren't commenting on the website. And I know we're not getting Facebook uh, messages from Alex anymore, but I think we still get <laughs> a fair amount of engagement. What I would like to do is do more of what we did with Alex today. If we can make it happen is like, I love, I love the idea of having a listener dial in and be part of the show for like 10 or 15 minutes either ask us a question or we have like a small conversation so we don't have to build a whole episode around somebody we could just have them come in we can talk about a topic for 10 or 15 minutes and then keep going 
Yeah, we should do that. We should start doing that. Just, yeah, more and yeah, just more, more and more and more. So if anyone has anything to talk about or has a question or has an opinion that they want to voice on the podcast, uh, send us an email and we'll make it happen. Yeah. I mean, even just calling it up like Colin Levy or Kyle McCauley or uh, Jim Cummings, like any of the people that we've already had on the podcast and just have them pop in for like 10 or 15 minutes would be fun too. Right. And just be like, hey, what's going on? Like, give us an update. I know Colin right now is in Amsterdam directing another Blender film. Oh, is he really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Like he quit That's Pixar. Awesome. Yeah, and I knew he's that. in Amsterdam. So, I mean, that'd be fun just to get an update. And also Kyle's like, what's going on with him? Like, is he still shopping his TV show or is it in production now and development? Is it going to happen in 2017? We should probably yeah. like, catch up with some of these people and find out. Yeah, it'd be really, really interesting to hear what's going on with everybody so you know we'll reach out to you but you can also reach out to us let us know you know we want to hear there you go well should we wrap it up yeah this is too long (laughs) this is the epic 2017 special edition of making movies is hard i want to give a, a shout out to cameron caves who um edits our episode every few weeks and uh this episode idea was partly his his concept which is he says he sits around with his family every year and does this where they look back at the year before and talk about their accomplishments and then look forward to the next year and talk about what they plan to accomplish so oh, cool um, i think it's a good idea it was fun it was a lot better than i thought it would be i thought i would feel like i hadn't accomplished a lot in the last year but um, oh, i'm surprised funny. that i actually accomplished quite a bit yeah, nice. I don't know. I, I, I love it. I love this, this reflection and, uh, you know, thinking about what we did and what we're going to do and all that. So, yeah, I thought it was great. And thanks, Cameron, for the suggestion and, and all the editing work. And we've had a couple other people edit for us, too. I do not remember their names right now, which uh, is terrible. But uh, thanks to everyone who's helped out with the show and edited an episode or whatever. We really appreciate it. And yeah, just thanks to listeners for listening. And I mean, yeah, I shouldn't, I don't want to say like, oh, I want more listeners and I don't, I'm not grateful for listeners we have. I'm very grateful <laughs> for all the yeah, listeners we, we are have. Grateful and to I mean, you. yeah, you know, having 500, 200, 300 people listen every week is pretty special. So thanks to everybody. I mean, it could easily be 10 people. So yeah, it could I'm uh, very easily be 10 people. Yeah, we yeah. should, we're, I'm very grateful for the amount of people that are listening to us and for the people that have been around since the early episodes that have stuck with us. Like, I thought that people would fall off along the way and just be like, yeah, I used to listen to it, but I, but I don't listen anymore. Um, that's like, that to me means more because I, if I listen to our podcast, I probably would listen to five episodes because that's what I've done to other people's podcasts where I've listened to it for a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Or I get really excited about it. And then after hearing it every week, I, I fall off because it's less interesting to me. That's really funny. Yeah. I had a, f- a friend who uh, stopped listening to us and then started up again. So that was kind of cool to like hear, oh, like, you know, we lost him, but then we got him back. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe there's other people like that who like, you know, fall off and then come back and then are like, oh, wow. And then they catch up on some of the ones they missed. And I don't know. I mean, hopefully that stuff is happening. But uh, it's, it's hard to tell sometimes, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Yes, Thanks again. Happy New Year. Thank you. Look, look forward to talking to you more in 2017. And if you want to engage with us, go to our website, makingmoviesishard.com. Uh, you can leave notes in our comment section. 
You can subscribe to our show notes. Um, you can find links to our Twitter accounts, our Facebook page, our email address, all that good stuff. So go to makingmoviesishard.com and check us out. And um, you can also leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher as a little thank you to us for putting the podcast together every week. We love getting those. And that's it. We will talk to you guys next week with a fresh new episode. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody.